what's up everybody happy monday hope you guys had a great weekend hope you got to watch some games um be totally honest with you i didn't really get a chance to watch too much uh, this past weekend i did catch you know a couple of games here and there um but nothing where i got to watch you know an entire match from start to finish it just just didn't happen um but there was a lot a lot of football that went on over the last week i mean we had champions league we had uh europa league you know all the leagues in in europe uh mls there was just a, a whole lot going on um I mean, it was it was great. I mean, if you're a fan, and, you know, I'm always happy and excited when the Champions League is back and the Europa League as well. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna cover some of these scores, and uh, I'm gonna start off with the Champions League. It's match day one. Um, you know, some decent matches that that went on. There were a couple of surprises in there. Uh, let's see. So last week, last Tuesday, match day one, we had Chelsea and Sevilla play with zero uh, zero draw. Those are the last two champions of the Europa League, too. So that was a pretty decent match. Um, then we had Rene and Krasnodar played a 1-1 draw. Uh, Zenit St. Petersburg 1, Club Brugge 2. Lazio surprisingly defeated Borussia Dortmund 3-1. Juventus had no problem with Dynamo Kiev. They won that game 2-0. Barcelona uh, 5, Ferran Carlos 1. In another surprise match, at least to me, I'm sure the Man, Man United fans didn't see it as a you know too big of a surprise. But we had uh, PSG one, Man United two. That game was played in Paris, and I just, I couldn't see Man U winning that, at least on paper. Um, but you know they did it again. I mean they went to Paris and you know took some points or yeah took points away from PSG. Um, you know it's only match day one. It's a group stage. But that game is still still a surprise. You know, you don't plan on seeing PSG dropping points at home to a team like Man United that's had their struggles. Of course, they've only really been struggling at home in the EPL. Um, not literally at home, but in the EPL. Um, and I, me personally, I think PSG is just a better team. But, you know, I mean, if you don't show up on game day, then that's what happens. Um, then you had RB Leipzig 2, Istanbul, Başakir 0. Then on Wednesday... We had uh, Salzburg and Lokomotiv Moscow play to a 2-2 draw. Bayern Munich 4, Atletico Madrid 0. I definitely expected more out of Atletico Madrid here. Um, I, I can't stand how good Bayern is. Like, it really bothers me how good Bayern is. Um, you know, they, they've been, like, steamrolling teams. I mean, they've, they've had a couple, you know, hiccups here in the Bundesliga, but um, Bayern has just been killing teams. I mean... I think since the start of the season, they probably already scored like well over 20 goals in all competitions, which is just nuts. But, you know, to put push aside a team like Atletico Madrid is uh, is surprising. Um, another shock, we had uh, Shakhtar Donetsk beat Real Madrid in Madrid 3-2. to Never would have saw that happening. Uh, Inter Milan and Borussia Mönchengladbach played to a 2-2 draw. Uh, Man City defeated Porto 3-1. Olympiacos 1, Marseille 0. Uh, Ajax 0, Liverpool 1. I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but, um, you know, Ajax is one of those teams that, you know, constantly surprises people. And, you know, to be able to hold Liverpool to one goal, you know, yeah, they lost, but I think that's still that's still an accomplishment. And we had Mittingland 0, Atalanta 4. So the Champions League will be back tomorrow and Wednesday. And some of the notable matches that I have here, 
We got Marseille hosting uh, Man City. Uh, Atalanta hosting Ajax. Juventus Barcelona. And then Man United and RB Leipzig. Now, that Juventus Barcelona, when the draw happened, everybody was really, really you know, excited about that match because we were going to get to see, you know, after not seeing it for two seasons, see uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi playing against each other. And then Cristiano Ronaldo tested positive for coronavirus. So uh, the last thing that I read uh, last night or this morning was that he's trying to, you know, get a negative test. If he gets a negative test probably before tomorrow, he should be able to play. I think he has to have two consecutive. Don't quote me on that. But if he has two consecutive negative tests, then he should be cleared to play. Um, We'll see. I mean, a lot can happen between now and tomorrow. Um, but you know, I'm hoping that, uh, hoping those two teams can play. I think it would be, it'd be great, even though Juventus has, you know, looked kind of shaky in Serie A, um, you know, Champions League is a totally different story. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, not going to go over the standings for match day one, um, in the Champions League. I'll go over that next week, uh, after match day two is completed, you know, when things are kind of sort of taking shape and, uh, but we'll see. But those four matches that I just mentioned, um, those are definitely ones to, to look out for. Um, switching over to the Europa League match day one, I'm not going to go through all of these scores, just some of the, the notable matches. Um, Arsenal defeated Rapid Vienna, or Rapid Wien, depending on who you ask, 2-1. Uh, to one. Bayer Leverkusen absolutely destroyed Nice, 6-2. to two. Uh, Roma beat Young Boys. Uh, two to one in a surprise in uh, the Europa League for me at least Az from the Netherlands defeated Napoli one to zero AC Milan and Celtic AC Milan won that three to one um, and Hoffenheim two to zero over Red Star Belgrade again um, after the next match day, I'll go over the standings. Like I said, as it you know the group stage starts to take you know a little bit of a better shape, um, the notable matches that I got for match day two, which will be on Thursday this week, we got Molda hosting Rapid Vienna, Benfica playing Standard Liège, Real Sociedad, who right now is on top of La Liga, uh, will be hosting Napoli. And what I'm calling the the Timothy Weah Derby, we got Lille, his current team, hosting Celtic. Now I don't know if he's gonna play much in that match. He only played like I think 10 minutes this past week for Lille, um, but we'll see. You know, it'll, it should still be a good game regardless. Even though Lille is actually looking really really good, they're they're surprising a lot of people this year. But playing in your league versus playing in Europe is completely different. Um, and then we got Ghent uh, hosting Hoffenheim. So. Those are the notable matches for match day two in the Europa League. And, you know, there's plenty, plenty of games going on this week for everybody to be able to uh, to, to catch up on um, Champions League, Europa League. Um, a lot of good games. So, all right, moving on to France. We're in Ligue 1, match day eight, which is crazy. France is farther along than anybody else in Europe right now. Um, so on Friday, René... Um, one on Guerre, two on Saturday. We had FC Lorient, zero Marseille, one PSG, four Dijon, zero PSG is still working their way up 
um, in Ligue 1. Dijon is, they're looking like they are not going to be in Ligue 1 next season. Um, Kylian Mbappe didn't even start this match. He came on later, but he still scored. Um, they're, they're looking pretty good. Now, let's see. For Sunday, uh, Lens and Nantes, that match was postponed. I'm not sure when it's going to be rescheduled. Uh, Brest, 0. Strasbourg, 3. Bordeaux defeated Nem 2-0. Metz, 2. Saint-Étienne, 0. Montpellier, 0. Rem, 4. Lille and Nice played to a 1-1 draw. And then Lyon defeated Monaco 4-1. So the table as it stands right now after um, match day 8 in Ligue 1, we got PSG on top, Lille's in 2nd, Rene in 3rd, Marseille in 4th, Nice in 5th, and then Lyon in 6th. Bottom of the table, we got Strasbourg in 18th, Rem in 19th, and Dijon, the bottom of the table, with uh, only two points in last. Uh, notable matches for me, match day 9, we got Lille versus Lyon. To me, that just seemed like the, it would be the most competitive match to watch for you know a neutral, somebody that really doesn't have a fan uh, or isn't a fan of a team in Ligue 1. That game might be you know the one that would provide the, uh, I guess, like the greatest benefit to a neutral person just watching it. But I'm also a Timothy Way fan, you know. So even though I don't, he hasn't really been playing much that often, but he's still young, you know. It's all good. All right, uh, let's see. Moving on to Italy, Serie A. They're up to match day five. On Friday, we had Sassuolo and Torino play to a 3-3 draw. On Saturday, we had Atalanta 1, Sampdoria 3. Inter Milan defeated Genoa 2-0. Lazio 2, Bologna 1. On Sunday, Caligari 4, Cretone 0. Napoli defeated Benevito 2-1. Parma and Spazia played to a 2-2 draw. Fiorentina 3, Udinese 2. And in a surprise, like I mentioned earlier, that Juventus has not really been playing all that well. Juventus and Hellas Verona played to a 1-1 draw. Now, you could say they're without Cristiano Ronaldo, plus keep in mind they have a new coach in Andrea Pirlo, but it's Juventus. They're playing at home against Hellas Verona. You know, stuff does happen, but that's not a game that I definitely saw Juventus not getting the full three points for. And today we got, uh, you know, at the time of this recording, uh, AC Milan will be hosting Roma. So I don't have the results for that because the match hasn't happened yet. But the Serie A table right now, the way that it stands, uh, AC Milan is actually on top, even though they've only played four matches. Napoli's in second, followed by Sassuolo. Inter Milan's in fourth. Juventus is in fifth. And Atalanta is in sixth. Bottom of the table, in 18th, we got Udinese. Uh, 19th, we got Torino. They've only played uh, four matches. And bottom of the table, very bottom, Crotone, 20th place, with only one point um, to show for. Um, notable match I put for Serie A. This coming week for match day six, I put Napoli hosting Sassuolo because as of right now, that's two and three in the table. Haven't had a chance to see Sassuolo play at all this season. They're just not a team that's ever really been on my radar. Um, but I will probably watch a little bit of that match this week. All right. So um, also in Italy, 
coming up next week, um, we got the Copa Italia. It'll be the third round. There'll be matches on Tuesday and Wednesday. I am not going to go over the names because some of these teams I've never heard of. Um, and, you know, my Italian is not good at all. So uh, just keep that in mind, though, if you're looking especially for next week when there's no Champions League and there's no Europa League. On Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, there are Copa Italia matches going on. Um, can't really see any that are, you know, jumping out at me. You know, you got some teams that are, you know, play, playing in Serie B and maybe below. Um, you know, there's a couple of Serie A teams in here. Sampdoria, Torino, Calagiri, um, Genoa. But yeah, you guys take your time and just, just check that out and, uh, you know, like I said, plenty of matches that are going to be going on for next week when you're going through your Champions League and Europa League withdrawals. All right. Um, Spain, La Liga, match day seven. Uh, last Friday, we had Elche 2, Valencia 1. Then on Saturday, we had Asasuna 1, Athletic Club 0. El Clasico. I thought this game was going to be a lot better than it actually turned out to be. Well, I guess it depends on which side you're sitting on, I guess. Um but we had Barcelona 1, Real Madrid 3. To me, it just seems like a Clasico is not the same now that Cristiano Ronaldo's left. I know that's a terrible thing to say, you know, especially for all the, the Barcelona fans out there. Because that Barcelona team, if you look at that team, is actually really, really good. They just had a lot of issues recently because of the Messi thing. And they lost Suarez. And even going further back than that, when Griezmann joined the team, it just seemed like it kind of threw a lot of stuff off. You know, I mean, you could even go probably further back than that. When Neymar left the team, you know, I mean, just I don't know what this Barcelona just isn't the Barcelona that we're, we're used to seeing. Now, you can say the exact same thing for Real Madrid. The team is just completely different from what we're used to seeing. But I mean, they're they're holding their own and they're just they just won El Clasico. So uh, they won the league last year. Sergio Ramos was the hero this weekend. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, let's see. Sevilla 0, Ibar 1. Atletico Madrid 2, Real Betis 0. And yesterday we had uh, Alaves, excuse me, Real Valladolid 0, Alaves 2. Cadez and Villarreal played to a 0-0 draw. Hitafe 0, Granada 1. And league-leading Real Sociedad 4, Huesca 1. So, uh, oh, sorry, today... Monday, we got Levante hosting Celta Vigo. The game hasn't happened yet. so. Um, but here's how the table's looking right now. On top, we got Real Sociedad, followed by Real Madrid. Granada's in third. Villarreal in fourth. Atletico Madrid in fifth. And Cadez is in sixth. Bottom of the table, we got Celta Vigo in 18th. Levante in 19th. And Real Valladolid in last. Now, notice I did not say Barcelona. They're sitting somewhere mid-table right now. Hopefully, they have a little bit of a bounce back. Um, but, you know, obviously, we're only up to match day seven. Table's going to change a lot. Remember, like this time last year, match day seven, Granada was like sitting on top of the table. This year, it just so happens to be Real Sociedad. So, a lot can happen. Um, I don't know who's. I don't know who's going to win the league. Who knows what's going to happen between now and even Christmas? You know, this thing could completely be shaken up um i don't know we'll see <laughs> we'll see that's all you can say all right moving on to england in the premier league 
on Friday, we had Ashton Villa 0. I should just say Bamford 3 because he scored he scored all three goals for Leeds United, but uh Leeds United is looking pretty good. I mean, you know, scored three goals even though, you know, Bamford had the hat trick on the road in the Premier League is still pretty impressive. So, Leeds has been doing doing really well, you know. Um it's a team I'm following but only because I watched that <laughs> that Amazon um, docu-series about them and uh, you know they're doing they're doing pretty good they're holding their own so all right we had uh, West Ham and Man City play to a 1-1 draw uh, Fulham 1 Crystal Palace 2 Man United and Chelsea played to a 0-0 draw Liverpool 2 Sheffield United 1 yesterday we had uh, Southampton 2 Everton 0 uh, Wolves and Newcastle United played to a 1-1 draw. Oh, and then my beloved Arsenal, 0, Leicester City 1. Jamie Vardy came on, scored that goal. Yeah, it was it was pretty upsetting. I think he scored at like the 80th minute or something like that. Uh, I, th- I thought it was going to finish 0-0. I was kind of hoping it would finish 0-0. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, he's Jamie Vardy. So today we got Brighton Hovalbian hosting West Brom and then Burnley hosting Tottenham. So right now, the way the Premier League looks after uh, match day six, got Everton still on top, followed by Liverpool. They're both sitting on 13 points. Ashton Villa is in third, um, but they've only played three matches. That just doesn't that doesn't seem right. That's that's definitely a typo in my notes. Ashton Villa's <laughs> Ashton Villa's in third, but they they have a game in hand. I'll say that. Uh, Leicester City's in fourth, Leeds United in fifth, and then Southampton is in sixth. Bottom of the table, we got Burnley, Sheffield United, and Fulham. All sitting on one point, but Burnley has a game in hand. Um, Let's see, so notable matches. I got Man United hosting Arsenal, and then Leeds United hosting Leicester City. So hopefully Leeds can embarrass Vardy for me, you know, maybe make up for this past week when Arsenal you know, wasn't able to get the points against Leicester City, um, but we'll see. All right, moving on to Germany. Um, in the Bundesliga, Friday, this is a match that I did watch, but not the entire thing. Uh, we had VFB Stuttgart and Cologne, Cologne of all teams, uh, play to a 1-1 draw. I mean, it's fine. It would have been better had Stuttgart, um, you know, got the full three points, but, you know, it didn't really hurt them too much, I guess. Um, on Saturday, we had Union Berlin and Freiburg play to a 1-1 draw. Bayern Munich put up five and had a clean sheet against Eintracht Frankfurt. They're just, they're killing it. Uh, RB Leipzig, two, hurt the Berlin, one. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach defeated Mainz, three to two. Borussia Dortmund, three. Schalke, zero. Schalke has really, really fallen off. Um, yesterday we had a Wolfsburg two, Armenia Bielefeld one, and then Werder Bremen and Hoffenheim played to a one-one draw. Today Bayer Leverkusen, Bayer Leverkusen, excuse me, is hosting Augsburg. Um, that game hasn't happened yet, so I don't have the results for it. But uh, that's how the Bundesliga table is is looking right now. Uh, after five match days, we got RB Leipzig on top, followed by Bayern Munich. Um, Borussia Dortmund's in third. VFB Stuttgart is in fourth. They're in a Champions League spot, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're just trying to shoot for 40 points. I mentioned that last week. 40 points, that's the goal. That'll keep us up 
so we won't get relegated. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach is in fifth. Werder Bremen is in sixth. Bottom of the table, we got Cologne, Schalke, and Mainz. Mainz has yet to, to get any points from any of their matches. And Cologne, they have two points. One of them they got from the match with us, with us Stuttgart. That, that's pretty upsetting. All right, notable matches coming up um, in match day six. We got Borussia Mönchengladbach hosting RB Leipzig. Hoffenheim hosting Union Berlin. Uh, and Schalke hosting Stuttgart. So hopefully Stuttgart should be able to get the points from that. But, you know, anything, anything's possible. Uh, maybe Schalke needs to fire another coach. But... Who knows? Stuttgart's doing well. Like I said, 80 points is the goal. As long as we can get to 80 points, or excuse me, 40 points, I'll be happy. That'll prevent us from getting relegated, and it'll guarantee that we're in the Bundesliga again next year. Now, if we can, you know, finish in a Europa League spot or even a Champions League spot, because that Champions League and Europa League money is always good for getting new players. But that can't be the goal for this season. Maybe next season when we're in the Bundesliga again, we'll shoot for playing in Europe. Sorry, there's a loud truck driving down my street. But for right now, we need to just solely and strictly focus on staying in the Bundesliga. We just lost two points. Messing around with Cologne. You know, Stuttgart scored in the first minute of that match and somehow was not able to, you know, to close it out. But whatever. 40 points is the goal. And, you know, that that's what we're shooting for. At least that's what the fans are shooting for. I don't know what the, what the team and players are. I'm sure they're shooting to win the league. But fans, we are shooting for 40 points. So let's get Stuttgart to 40 points. All right. Um, moving over to MLS. I'm just going to go over these really quick. Um, you know, the playoffs are coming up soon for MLS. Um, so some of these races in both conferences are, you know, getting tighter. Uh, let's see. So last Tuesday, we had Nashville 3, Dallas 0. On Thursday, Seattle Sounders and the Portland Timbers played to a 1-1 draw. On Friday, Nashville and the New England Revolution also played to a 1-1 draw. Then Saturday, we had Inter-Miami 2, Orlando City 1, Atlanta United 1, D.C. United 2, NYCFC 3, Montreal Impact 1. Chicago Fire and the New York Red Bulls played to a 2-2 draw. FC Cincinnati 0, Minnesota United 1. Philadelphia Union 5, Toronto FC 0. Houston Dynamo and the Columbus Crew played to a 1-1 draw. Real Salt Lake and Dallas played to a 0-0 draw. Sporting KC 4, Colorado Rapids 0. And Whitecaps FC 2, San Jose Earthquakes 1. And then yesterday we had El Trafico, the L.A. Derby. You know, <laughs> I got to look this up, but I'm pretty sure that the L.A. Galaxy have not won more than one match. I think they've played a total of 10, I think. And I, I'm pretty sure that LAFC has the advantage. I think they've won four, lost one, and then the rest are all draws. Or it might be eight matches that they've played, but I know that the L.A. Galaxy are not doing well in El Trafico for one and they're not really doing too well in the league in general they signed Chicharito everybody thought he was going to do well and he absolutely has not uh, maybe he should have tried to stay in Europe maybe went to Mexico someplace else but playing in LA is uh, it's definitely not uh, it's not for him so 
let's see we got the let's look at the top six in the eastern conference we got the philadelphia union toronto fc columbus crew orlando city nycfc and then the new england revolution top six in the western conference we got sporting kc on top seattle sounders portland timbers lafc minnesota united and then dallas so as the playoffs get closer and closer we'll see if there's any major shifts in that but i mean right now the la galaxy have one of the worst records they're sitting on the bottom of the western conference they got 18 points in 18 matches that's that's terrible so i don't know i mean their season is over basically they're, they're not going to the playoffs but uh i don't know i just thought never not, not used to seeing the la galaxy at the bottom of the table like that and if it wasn't for cincinnati la would be the worst team in the league the colorado rapids have played four fewer matches than the la galaxy yet <laughs> the Colorado Rapids have 19 points. The LA Galaxy only have 18. I mean, I should tell you all you need to know about the uh, the LA Galaxy at this point. So, all right, I'm going to take a quick break, go get something to drink, and I will be back. All right, welcome back, everybody. All right, so for the next six episodes, starting today, I'm going to do a new segment, I guess. I'm going to do a confederation breakdown of all six of the um, confederations, the, you know, the geographic confederations that are that fall within FIFA. So today I'm going to start with the smallest. I'm going to work my way up, probably do UEFA last because it's the one that's, you know, totally won the most, uh, the most FIFA World Cups. Uh, and it's where everybody, you know, generally tries to get to play. So I'm going to do them not, not so much in order from uh, actually, yeah, I guess it kind of is order from smallest to largest, but not really because actually Africa and Asia are both larger than Conmebol, but I'll do Conmebol before I do um, Europe. But anyway, I'm going to start with the uh, the OFC, the Oceania Football Confederation. A um, little bit of history. Uh, they were founded in 1966, and it's headquartered in Auckland, um, New Zealand. It's the smallest of the continental confederations. It's comprised mostly of island nations where soccer or football is not the most popular sport in those countries. Um, in 2006, Australia, who was you know probably the best funded, most successful um, nation in the OFC, they decided to leave and join the Asian Football Confederation. This was to make it easier for them to qualify for you know FIFA competitions, the World Cup. Um, you know, because right now the OFC, they're just not in a position to have a whole lot of power um, within the footballing world. So when Australia left, New Zealand became the most successful nation in the OFC. Um, it's the only confederation that does not have a guaranteed slot in the FIFA World Cup. So whenever you hear about those um, continental playoffs, um, it's usually dealing with either an additional slot for a confederation or the only potential slot for the OFC. Technically, the OFC only has a half a slot because they have to fight against Conmebol, the fifth place team in the Conmebol uh, qualifying in order to qualify for the World Cup. Um, no member of the OFC has ever advanced out of the group stage in the FIFA World Cup. 
And in the Confederations Cup, Australia has finished second and third in 1997 and 2001, respectively. But as I mentioned, Australia is no longer part of the OFC. So right now, the OFC has 11 full members. And when I say full members, I'm talking about teams that are members of both the OFC and FIFA members. Those are American Samoa, Cook Islands, Fiji, New Caledonia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Samoa, Solomon Islands, Tahiti, Tonga, and Vanuatu. And then the three non-FIFA members that they have, and I'm going to butcher this first one, Kiribati, Noyu, and Tuvalu. I'm, those last three, I'm pretty sure that I pronounced them completely wrong. So anybody that's listening, feel free to correct me. Um, so let's see, the, the major competitions that they have at the national team level is the OFC Nations Cup. So in the OFC Nations Cup, it's their equivalent of the CONCACAF Gold Cup or the Copa America. Um, there are two groups of four teams each. In each group, every team plays their opponent once. Um, the top two teams from each group not only advance to the knockout stage, but also qualify for the third round of World Cup qualifying. Uh, the semifinal and final are both single leg matches, and New Zealand right now is the current champions of the OFC. There have been 10 versions of this competition. Um, New Zealand is also the most successful team in the competition, winning it five times in 1973, 1998, 2002, 2008, and 2016. Former OFC member and current AFC member, Australia is the second most successful with four wins, while Tahiti has won the trophy one time. The 2020 OFC Nations Cup was canceled due to COVID-19. The next version will take place in 2024. But before uh, its cancellation um, of the Confederations Cup, the winner would represent the OFC in that competition. The last representative was New Zealand in 2016. So the current FIFA rankings for OFC members, full members, New Zealand is at 121, the Solomon Islands at 139, New Caledonia at 156, Tahiti at 161, Fiji and Vanuatu at 163, Papua New Guinea at 165, American Samoa at 192, Samoa at 194, and Tonga at 203. So club competition, they have the OFC Champions League. It's also called the O-League. It was organized in 2007 under its current format. And before that, it was called the Oceania Club Championship. Uh, The group stage is made up of four groups of four teams. Each team plays every team in their group one time. The top two teams from each group progress to the knockout stage. In the knockout stage, every match is single elimination. The winning club represents the OFC in the annual FIFA Club World Cup. Uh, Auckland City from New Zealand has won the OFC Champions League title nine times. But right now, the current champions are high-end sport from New Caledonia. Now, when you see the name, if you get a chance, look it up. Who are the current champions of the OFC um, Champions League? But when you look at the name, the team name, high-end sport... I remember because I've talked about them before, probably 
you know, maybe a year ago when I was talking about the Club World Cup. And I remember I had to like listen to a YouTube video in order to be able to pronounce that team's name right because it just it looks nothing like how it sounds at least not to me maybe to somebody from the OFC region it you know it looked like something that they'd be able to pronounce pretty easy but for me it took me a while to be able to look at it and be able to pronounce it correctly but it stuck with me because I was able to pronounce it now with no issues so yeah that's the OFC um, next week I will either do CONCACAF or um, CAF, the African Confederation. Um, we'll see. I'll figure that out, you know, do my research, and uh, it'll be a surprise for you guys, I guess. So um, before I go, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and I mentioned it last week, and it's been all over the news, was this Project Big Picture in the UK. Um, now, we constantly hear in Europe, and actually even after this story came out, I was hearing a lot of stuff about a European Super League again. It seems like that's that's an everyday occurrence. Um, this current iteration is something that's being pushed by FIFA to weaken, I guess, the Champions League or I don't know. The last thing that FIFA wants is a European Super League. And then the last thing that UEFA wants is a FIFA-sponsored Super League. So... I don't know, they're constantly going back and forth. But this project, Big Picture, dealt only with football in England. And I guess, you know, the broader UK, because there are some teams, you know, in the EFL and the Premier League, well, not in the Premier League this year, but in the past that were from Swansea. And then there's teams, you know, that kind of cross over in the Championship, League One and League Two. But this project, Big Picture, was going to give more control to the teams, the, like, the big six teams in the Premier League. And it was kind of going to do it like in a little bit of a sneaky way. So we all know right now that because of the global pandemic, COVID-19, that, you know, there's been limited amount of fans. And for a long time, there was no fans in any stadiums. Now, for Premier League teams and huge teams in Europe and, you know, maybe in South America or wherever else, that's not really that big of a deal. Because some of these clubs are worth, you know, multi-millions, in some cases, billions of dollars. And, you know, they have advertising deals and sponsorships and whatever. So they're going to be okay. But like teams in like League Two and League One, you know, having the money from ticket sales is something that they were relying on. So basically it was Liverpool and Man United primarily that were pushing this thing. They were going to give money to some of the lower level teams in the EFL, the English Football League, which is comprised of the championship League One and League Two. The Premier League is separate from the EFL. They were going to be pumping money into the lower leagues. And then they also wanted to change the amount of teams in the Premier League and drop it down by two teams. Um, this was going to just give them a whole bunch of control, not only over like decisions made for the Premier League, but also for the lower leagues, like the Championship and League One and League Two. Now, most of the clubs all throughout uh, England have rejected this they they don't want it to happen because nobody really wants a certain a small group of teams you know especially teams that have like you know super rich owners we're talking about Liverpool Man United uh, Man City Chelsea Arsenal um, Tottenham those teams would have like basically total control of football in England and they would have like their vote would be worth more than all the other teams in the Premier League and you know, they'd be controlling what was going on in the lower leagues as well because they would pump money into, into you know, Championship League 1, League 2. 
Now, I don't, me personally, I, I don't agree with that. I don't like the way that it is. The only thing that I do agree with this is I think that the champions, not the champions, the Premier League probably would be better served. Same thing with La Liga as well, if they drop down from 20 teams to 18 teams. So you can say the same thing for Serie A as well. I think that it actually helps with the teams that do get promoted to those leagues from the lower leagues. It helps them and helps teams to not become constant yo-yo teams. Because, you know, for a while in certain leagues, it just seems like, you know, teams get relegated, they come right back up. They get relegated, they come right back up. And if you have two less slots, it will make the teams at the top of the table from the lower, the, you know, the second tier that much better. Like, I think, you know, the, I, I'm kind of biased because, you know, I do follow the Bundesliga, you know, tighter than any other league or closer than any other league. And I think that the way that the Germans have it is actually better than the way that some of the other leagues have it to you know, all the other leagues the, of the big five. And that's the one thing with this project big picture that I do agree with, especially now. Um, but at the same time, what a lot of people don't know, and I learned this from another podcast, another book, was that when a team gets relegated from the Premier League for like three seasons, they get what are called parachute payments. So the first year that they're relegated, they get like I don't want to say it's like 50% or something like that of what they were making from the the Premier League the, the season prior. And then if they come back up, then they're good. But if they stay down, then it goes down to 25%. And then after that, it goes to like 15% or something like that. So a team like Sunderland that, you know, was, was in the Premier League and then they fell down and they got relegated again and they were in League One from the championship it kind of hurt them because they were expected to go back up and now they've been languishing and now they're in league one and they've been down there for a while. Those parachute payments are either up or they're about to be up. So that's something that, that helps those teams. But in a situation like this, with this project, big picture, I guarantee that that money would probably come in a, in a different form or it would be limited, um, you know, based on the, 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 the whims of those big six clubs, um, who have those billion dollar owners, you know, I don't know. I for me, I don't know. The whole the whole money aspect of football, while you know, they put together super teams and everything is kinda cool to watch or whatever, but I think it does take away from the game a little bit. And you definitely don't want a certain small group of teams and owners, in essence, having that much control over the game that we love and follow, you know. Um that's just my two cents on it, but um yeah, I I don't know. I think this is also something they're trying to do to prevent a European Super League which I think a European Super League would be cool for like a year or two to watch, to, you know, as a fan to be able to see. Um, but right now I'm stuck in the United States. So for me watching it on TV, it would be nice. But if I was a fan of a club and I was actually like in Europe and, you know, it'd be nice to see Barcelona play against Liverpool, you know, twice a season or, you know, whatever over multiple, you know, seasons or whatever, or even like, you know, seeing PSG play against Bayern Munich, you know, it, it would be great outside of the Champions League. But at the same time, I don't want to have to, if I'm a fan, I don't like Bayern, but I don't want to have to travel to Paris to watch a game. I'd much rather see the games in the, the country that I'm in, you know? Um, and then, I don't know. Plus, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the Champions League as well. So, I don't know. I think too many people are constantly trying to tinker with, a formula that in my opinion is already working and working well. So um, I guess FIFA pushed 
uh, a plan. I saw something in the news about it this past weekend where they're talking about like a, a, a European type Super League, but it's like the European Premier League or something. I need to do a little bit more research. I might have that for you guys next week. But um, I don't know. It seems good on paper. It's nice to do when you're playing FIFA or whatever to mess around with the leagues and move teams into different leagues and whatever, having like, I don't know, Napoli play in the Bundesliga or something stupid like that. But um, when it comes to the actual football, I don't really... I don't really want to see that. The Champions League for me is enough, at least when it comes to European football. So um, that's just my two cents. Let me know what you guys think. Um, My contact information will be in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, As I mentioned earlier, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, two days of Champions League, one day of Europa League, and then we're back to to league play on the weekend. Hopefully you guys get a chance to watch some games, some good games coming up. Um, Take care of yourself. You guys know the cases of COVID are going up here in the United States. So just make sure you're keeping yourself safe, keeping your family safe. Um, Wash your hands, wash your masks, and, uh, you know, just be safe out there. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, bye.